Welcome to the Wake and Rake Podcast, featuring World Series champion Will Middlebrooks and MLB journalist Danny Vietti. Want a chance to be featured on the show? Follow at Wake and Rake Pod on Twitter, Instagram, Facebook, and TikTok. Now, here's Danny and Will. Party people, happy Monday. Wake and Rake podcast, another episode, episode 13, May 3rd. The rocking week of baseball. I got my boy, Will Middlebrooks, as always, Danny Getty here. Talk a little bit of baseball this week. We'll give our rowdy roundup. Talk a little bit about that Mets-Phillies game last night. The non-controversial, controversial, non-controversial, whatever you want. The home run with Reese Hoskins, whatever you think of it. We'll talk about some injuries that piled up this last weekend. Max Scherzer throwing a CG. And then we'll take a break. We'll come back. We'll talk about our most impressive teams, biggest surprises, disappointments. And we'll give you our way, way, way too early MVPs. Brooksy, let me ask you, brother. That Mets-Phillies game. I don't know why people were making a big deal about it. Well, think about the two they fan bases. Hit the think rip. about the Okay, think of the two fan bases we're talking about. Mets Phillies. They get as rowdy as anybody. They love to be pissed off. That reminds me. That reminds me. Rowdy Roundup presented by Rowdy Energy. Oh. Use Wake and Rake promo code on Rowdy Energy products to get 10% off Rowdy Energy products. Thank you for reminding me. How did I remind you? Oh, Rowdy. I said Rowdy. I, said rowdy. I wasn't even thinking of it that way, actually. Always looking out for me, even when you don't know you're looking What out. happens when you drink it? It just goes straight to, straight to the dome. My man. So, my first, I watched every pitch of that game last night, by the way. I, I just – I love – those games always have a little bit of rivalry feel, and then you get the – you know, the, the the beef between the two teams the past few nights with, you know, Dom Smith and uh, Alvarado, Castro, who's like seven foot 12, is, and he throws 100 and doesn't know where it's going. It's uncomfortable. And you're like, is, is he throwing in people's head? Is he not? I don't know. It's just, it's fun to watch because between these two teams right now, you don't know what's going to happen. You don't know who's going to get the big knock. And I felt like, honestly, and I tweeted this, I, once he got to like the seventh or eighth inning, I was like, I can't figure out who wants to lose worse tonight. Not who wants to win. Like they were trying to to lose. If it, it seemed like the play where the bullet gets hit the first and and Reese dove for it, missed it. That wasn't a misplay. It was just a hard hit ball. And then a little bit of uh, mental lapse when he tosses the ball to second base because he's pissed about missing the ball. And Jonathan Villar, who I played with in Milwaukee and back in 2016 when I played with him, he stole a ton of bases. Fast guy, uh, very aggressive on the base pass. That was nothing that's – he plays – he runs the bases like Little League. Like if the, pit, the pitcher doesn't have the ball, he's going. Mm-hmm. And um, you could almost see it. He, I saw him jogging to third. I'm thinking, man, he's kind of dogging it. And then he's just kind of walking, 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 gone. Such a good read, such a good baseball play on his part, and it made the Phillies look terrible. Um, and then Reese comes up, and I'm thinking, here he is. He's going to make up for it. I know he's going to get a big knock here, and he hits a bullet to right. I didn't think it had enough to get out or even get that close to going out. And then it, my initial thought was it hit the railing mm-hmm. just because I know that stadium, and I know that goes above it. The video clearly showed that it hit the, the rail. 
clearly. Uh, like if you're there's not- a lot of anger and people saying they hit the seat, but I I no angle showed that. And by the way, with instant replay, they are so cautious. Oh, I shouldn't say cautious. No, you shouldn't. They're, they're very irresponsible <laughs> at times. But their whole inconclusive evidence type thing, even when there is conclusive evidence, like they're very uh, – I can't really think of the right word. Maybe not cautious, but – Well, they go really in-depth and look at every angle. and Like it has to be clear evidence that, that – and it was. Like it's very clear it hit the railing. I thought so. I had a lot of people tweeting me like, "What do you, you? How do you not see this hit the seat? It changes direction twice." I never saw it change direction. I saw it hit the rail and bounce back in play. Clear as day. By the way, okay, it was a good game. Good. It was a product. great game. It's a very entertaining game. Yes. That said, maybe if I'm producing ESPN Sunday Night Baseball, maybe I'm going to stop doing East Coast games because there's zero teams in the NL East with a winning record. There are four teams in the NL West with a winning record. I mean, you put over the American League East. Uh, excuse me, American League East. There's no one. Oh, well, you also so don't want to start. You don't. You want. You don't want Sunday night games starting at ten o'clock, and then you don't want them to have to start earlier on the West Coast, and then you have to deal with shadows for five innings and don't get any offense. I'm just saying so, there is better baseball happening on the West Coast. There so is. No, you. you're you're right. I mean, you look at the uh, run differential in the NL East. There's one team with a positive run differential, and it's the last place Marlins. Makes that sense. makes zero sense, but <laughs> nothing in baseball makes sense, let's be honest. No. I mean, American League West, too. You got Oakland, Seattle, and Houston all over 500, and you got the Angels at 500. Like, West Coast baseball this year has been – No, it's been – and you have – you know, we'll, talk, we'll get into our surprises, but there's been a couple teams to really surprise us. We sure will. Dustin May leaving the game on Saturday. Oh, man. As we continue our Rowdy Roundup presented by Rowdy Energy here, it's tough. Threw a pitch in the second inning, felt it immediately. As you were telling me beforehand, he said he felt a shooting pain through his arm. Immediately left the game, and he is scheduled for an MRI today, Monday. Um, Another tough blow for the Dodgers who are already hurting as they already lost Bellinger. They lost Jock Peterson and Kike, which was depth, which is why I think this is really important for the Dodgers the reason they've had so much success in past years is because of their depth. Right now, they don't have the benefit of having Kike step in there, Jock Peterson step in there. They're having to dive into their minor league system. Guys like Luke Rayleigh are now having to step up. That's not something they've had to deal with in past years. Now they are. And they have a 500 record so far this season against teams not the Colorado Rockies. Yeah. No, yeah, you're spot on. This, is, this sucks because he's such an electric arm. But unfortunately, the, the the kind of stuff that pitchers have and they train to have nowadays doesn't have much of a shelf life. Throwing is already an unnatural motion, and that's why you have so many injuries. And then you add this strength, uh, the velo, the like Tre- or Trevor May. Dustin May doesn't have a normal arm slot either. It's out three quarters. He's slinging it. That's a lot of stress on the elbow. And at some point, something's going to happen. I don't know if it's shoulder or elbow. I don't know. He said he got a shooting pain. So that tells me elbow, like ulnar nerve. What is also by ulnar nerve is like flexor tendon, uh, UCL. So there's a lot to, there's a lot to be worried about right now. Um, Are you worried at all, at all about the Dodgers team? I'm actually not. Um, they still have a full rotation. <laughs> so you just pulled David Price out of the bullpen. 
So they still have, and let's not forget who he is and what he knows how to pitch. He's been around. He may not have the same stuff he always had when he was back when he's winning Cy Youngs in Tampa and all that, uh, even when he was in Boston. But he's still going to compete. And he's going to give you a good chance to win when you have an offense like they have. So um, I think they're going to be fine. I think they still have the depth on the pitching side of things. Yes, offensively, they're going to have to look to some young guys. Uh, but those young guys have been playing decent for him too. And they still have their really their core, their core studs. So Corey Seager struggled a little bit lately. Uh, so he's due to get hot again. He still played good defense. Mookie's Mookie. You still got Justin Turner. You you still got good players there. You have uh, and it's more than just good players, is that the confidence there, the coaching staff there, they expect to win, they work to win. Um, and that goes a lot further than you would think than just pure talent. So they're going to be fine, but it is a tough division now that it's not just the Padres are competing with. The Giants are playing really, really good baseball. Yeah, I'm not concerned either. I will say in that division, can't sleep for two weeks or else you're going to fall behind. True. Another <laughs> interesting injury, a little bit lighter tone, I guess. Hazel Cesardo, Oakland. He broke his pinky finger. Can't make this shit up. Broke his pinky finger playing video games, and then he got up from playing video games, and he busted his pinky finger on a desk or a table. I don't really know what, but <laughs> he has since been put on the IL with a broken pinky. Is that not one of the most – like, I've heard some pretty freak, especially with pitchers, some freak baseball injuries. That's up there with the best of them. A video uh, game yeah. yeah, I mean, <laughs> we've all been there. Unfortunately, we're not making six figures to throw a baseball. <laughs> I haven't been. Uh, no. If you're going to punch the wall or throw a controller, use your non-throwing hand, bud. Yeah. All right? You got games to win. You have the potential to be your ace. Luckily, you guys aren't still sucking like you did the first week of the season. <laughs> you're actually winning your division. I think they're 17 and 11 right now. They're playing really good baseball. So everybody in the organization is in a much better frame of mind and uh, – mood so they're going to handle this a lot better than they would have if this happened you know five or six days into the season but um it's a hairline fracture and it's pinky i don't really think this is going to be a big deal i think he misses two weeks and he's back he pitched with it the first night he did it i'm and i'm guessing he didn't want to tell anybody about it because he was embarrassed i was just gonna so ask he was like i'm gonna pitch and then he kind of sucked or I, I don't even know his, his line from that night but it, it swole up really bad and people noticed it so we had to come clean. I was just going to ask you that. If you broke your pinky before a game, would you tell anybody? Uh, if it was just like fractured or if it was like crooked, you can't get away with it. But if it's like you just feel like you jammed it. Oh, no, I'm playing. So he went I mean, I'm a position player, so it's more like how it feels handling the bat. Right. For him, it's like, is this you got to think about holding a change up or something like is that really that's probably going to affect his grip. Uh, fastball, not as much. Curveball, not as much, but he's a lefty and he, has, he throws a good changeup, and that's going to affect that, you know, the ball coming out of the outer outside of your hand on that rolling over that changeup. So, him without his changeup, he's not going to be as good. <laughs> so, that was an issue. His line this weekend, Oakland ended up losing two out of three. They were able to salvage the game on Sunday, but Lazardo went three innings, five hits, six runs, three earned, two walks. So, that's actually not bad considering you had. Not great. Considering he played a little bit too much Fortnite. I, I thought he would have way more walks. Because I thought the control would be an issue. But This segment is very pitching heavy, which I love. Because I made 
this rowdy roundup. So, of course, it's going to be pitching heavy. Max Scherzer. Mm. How about this, man? Good story. CG, and then right after the game, heads to the hospital and helps birth a baby with his wife. Did you say he helps birth the baby? He had a part in it. I mean, he had a part in it. I think helped birth no is a strong assumption. That's no disrespect to women and, and what they go through. But he had a part. I mean, it's like like he's a he's a reliever. Like he threw he threw an inning. Like like wifey went out there through eight shutty. Scherzer came in and shut the door. Okay. I'm not sure what he did to help birth a child. Moral support and physical specimens were used to create this child. This is their third third kid. I'm pretty sure this is his first boy. So he got his little his little righty. He's gonna have a potty mouth on him if it's anything anything like his dad. I just want to see if his eyes are the same color. <laughs> <laughs> he looks like a sheepdog. That's such a boss move though you go out through a CG. That's Dude, good. That was no it really was. It's like because number one, you think, oh, my, my wife's going in labor. Like, this could happen anytime. Most people are out there. Their head's probably not fully in the game. You, probably not your best start. And he's like, she'll be all right. This is our third kid. You know? So, so she, she's got this. I'm just going to pitch real quick. Uh, just go sh- complete game. Sh- was it complete game? CG. Nine innings. Yeah, CG. CG, yeah. Nine Let's go CG. Um, uh, guys, I'll see you back. Uh in five days, I'm going to go uh, see my newborn, hang out with my family. I'll be back, uh, give you probably seven innings uh, in five days. Have a good one, guys. See ya. No big deal. Just Scherzer doing his veteran thing, man. I hated facing him, bro. He was such a competitor. It didn't matter if I was had just been like AL player of the week or if I was batting 0-6-9 that week. Like he – yeah, I said that on purpose. Um he didn't matter. He was coming after you like you were the best hitter on earth, and he didn't let up. In any count, he would throw you that nasty slider. Didn't matter who you were. It was not fun facing that man. But very cool story. Break time. Break time. We'll be back. We'll talk about most impressive. We'll talk about biggest surprises, biggest disappointments. Will and I will give you the way too early MVP so far in 2021. Right after. Welcome back. Hey, breaking news, Brixie. We got breaking news on this episode, my friend. And the dog's barking in the background reminding me. So I'm out my pants, 55 plus community. I always have to say 55 plus community, just to give context. Little dog, they had a little chihuahua, chihuahua mix. They took him in to get him fixed. We wondered, but even beforehand, we're like, we can't find his, 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 his balls. We can't, like, we can't see it on him. So, sure enough, they take him in to get it fixed. Doctor says, I can't find his testicles. We're going to have to have surgery. So, this dog, he has all the male parts. They just can't find them. So, he is, in, he is indeed. So, breaking news, confirmed male dog, but it's inside out. <laughs> all right. Listen, your chihuahua is married. You just, you just didn't know it. It, you can relate. You're like a chihuahua yourself. Yeah, I'm, I'm not as yappy. Uh, eh. But you tend to lose the sack a little bit. <laughs> you know? Those wives, man. 
they're great. We wondered for were, so long, like, where is this dog's balls? Sure enough, it's somewhere inside. I never heard. So and you know, it's a real thing. We can finish this conversation later. Can we talk baseball? Can All we talk right. different balls, please? Yes, we'll talk. We'll move on from dog balls. We'll talk about baseball. So most impressive. Who's been your most impressive player so far? I'll give most impressive team. You give your most impressive player. Um, I have three, honestly. I'll start with the most boring answer, Mike Trout. Sitting 413, he still has a 1290 OPS. Is it really impressive anymore? I mean, it is. but it's Well, like, it's like I've said this before, but let's not get bored of his excellence. Yes. Because last year he said he had a bad year. He had 281 and was on track for like 53 homers through a full season. So what I can tell he has worked on in the offseason and fixed is how he hits the pitch up in the zone. The last three seasons, he hit like 220 on the pitch in the upper quadrants, and he's hitting like 360 on it this this year. So it's very evident that that was his goal. And he said he made some changes in the offseason, maybe not to his swing, but how he attacks certain pitches. So um, it's very clear that's what he fixed, and that's impressive that he no longer really has a hole in his swing. That's pretty scary. And I'm still on the uh, Mike Trout 400 campaign. He's at 413. Gonna need him to get hot and stay hot if he's gonna do that. But uh, somebody else that's impressed me has been Byron Buxton. I mean, this is a kid who has had all the tools for years and just never been able to put it together, whether it's been slumping, whether it's been injury, which he's dealt with a lot. It's, he's he's <laughs> through 80 at bats, he's hitting 408 with eight and 15 right now. Not he's bad. second OPS only to Mike Trout. He's at like 1100. Have you checked it's his it, cast percentile rankings? It's a, it's insane. He's a, he's like 98th and above on everything. Almost every category. So this isn't everything. a luck. It's not a BABIP uh, issue where he's getting lucky. He's If he swings, it's been a barrel. And then he gets on base, and he still base, steals bases, and he's a gold glove center fielder. So you're getting a true five-tool player right now out of Byron Buxton, which we knew if he could stay healthy, which it's still early in the season. I'm not saying he's going to be hurt, but if he can stay healthy, we're looking at him being in – probably in the top three in MVP voting, which he should be. I think he has all the tools for that. And then one other guy who's been impressive, um, after hitting 206 with four homers and 11 RBIs last year in 34 games, Chris Bryant. He's he's hitting 323 with nine homers and 22 RBIs right now um, with like 96 at-bats. Really great. What was that? Really, It's really great to see him bounce back. It is. It's good to see him bounce back. And we knew – well, I'm not going to say we knew um, because I almost put him on my surprise list because yeah, we had an inkling. I was, I, I wasn't sure if he was ever going to be the same guy anymore. I just, I feel like he lost his confidence. He didn't look like the same guy. And, and that's easy to lose confidence as a hitter when you're not, when you're struggling for an extended period of time, you're dealing with injuries. Um, you're not, the team's not winning. You're not helping the team win. The guys around you aren't hitting. Exactly. Baez, Rizzo, those guys all stunk last year, too. They all hit two under 210, all of them. So, man, it's good to see him back because he's a special, special player. So now my question is are, are the Cubs going to say, well, we're, if we're out of this, do we use this good year to get more for him at the trade deadline? Because he's a free agent after this year. So is Rizzo. So is Baez. Jock Peterson's on a one-year deal. 
I that's still a storyline I want to I want to follow up until July 31st is do the Cubs dismantle this roster and start over? I hope they don't get rid of Chris Bryant personally. I I think he just he seems like the guy who can play his entire career in one place. Just my opinion. Chicago's tough. They're in a really tough spot. I, I said it before the season. They're the most volatile team. Oh, and, they have, and they got rid of their GM. They didn't get rid of. He stepped down and went to MLB. But um, so yeah, they they are in a tough spot. And their new GM has to take the reins and say, honestly, make the hardest decision: Do I dismantle this team? Do I break it down and start over, or do I pay a couple of guys and just hope that I hit the lotto? If you pay them, if you pay anybody, you got to you're going to have to pay Chris Bryant because he's going to have the best year out of all these guys. He's one of the younger ones too. Shout out to my pitchers, Carlos Rodon, Danny Duffy, two AL Central pitchers who have been phenomenal this season. Carlos Rodon has given up two earned runs all season. Danny Duffy, likewise, two earned runs all season. Yeah, they've been clutch. Quick note about Trout, by the Trout, by the way. He's upped his OPS from last year. Keep in mind, he was top five in MVP voting last year. He's upped his OPS by 350 points. That's third in the league. So he's already great, top five MVP, and now he's – Suddenly, he's the most improved player. Not only is he the best player in the league, but now he's most improved. What a combo. Yeah, he's a stud, man. He's um, This is why he's going to – I still stand by this. He will go down as the best player of all time. My most impressive team, Milwaukee Brewers. Took two out of three from the Dodgers. Granted, Dodgers are a little beat up right now. Didn't have their best stuff this last weekend. But the Brewers are in first place in that NL Central. And we were wondering coming into the season – is there a team in that NL Central that is going to be able to take a leap forward and get ahead of the bunch? So far, it's been Milwaukee. Them in St. Louis. St. Louis is right behind them, one game behind. It's a little early to be looking at the standings. Nonetheless, mm-hmm. one concerning factor is their run differential is negative one, so they've played a lot of close games. But one positive is they've been doing this without Christian Yelich. Correct. Their MVP. He's been injured. So... Their pitching is outstanding. With up top, it's very top heavy. Corbin Burns, phenomenal. He's been breaking records with his strikeout to walk ratio. Brandon Woodruff has been fantastic. And the conversation for years in Milwaukee has been, well, they don't have an ace. They don't have an ace. Well, they have two of them now. I'm about to say, I think they have two. <laughs> if now, again, it's very top heavy. I'm a little concerned. Guys after Woodruff, guys after Burns, guys like Brett Anderson, Hauser. I understand a concern, but the Brewers have been very, very impressive so far this season. There's no doubt about you, it. Do you see the uh, Do you see Hauser go deep to center the other night? I did pitchers do rake that dude. rake, bro? <laughs> that so was I, sick. I don't like hyping it up because I'm so tired of seeing pitchers hitting. Yeah, no, I hear you, but it's still cool to see. Eh, it's not. Um, I'd rather see him hit a homer than sack bunt. Fair enough. I just know if we have more pitchers hitting, it's going to create more of an argument. For well, we're never going to have one. more pitchers actually hitting. It's not. You're not going to have to. You're not going to have to worry about that. I hope not. Biggest surprises. Who's been your biggest surprises? Surprising player so far this season. Well, I guess if I have to go surprising player, it was probably Chris Bryant. But I'm going to go just a little bit different. I'm going to go Mariners bullpen. Okay. All right, the Mariners have been playing some really, really good baseball. Uh, they're not leading that division anymore because the A's got hot. Um, we didn't think the Mariners would sustain even this long, really. Eh, well, you, you, let me just say, you did. I didn't. I didn't. Um, 
they've been playing some really good ball, but their bullpen is top, still top three in ERA. Last year, they were dead last in bullpen ERA with a 5.92, almost a six ERA. Right now, they are, sorry, I said top three. They are number one now. They were top three as of Thursday. As of today, after last night's games, they have a 2.30. They are in first place in bullpen ERA. What? That's a surprise to me. Also a surprise to me, Red Sox offense. They are number two in the league in batting average at 261. They are number two in slugging at 437, and they're also number two in baseball in OPS at 762. I knew their offense would be decent, and I thought their pitching would be the main issue. But I guess as a, their whole team's been a surprise, but mostly their offense. They've been banging, man. They've been crushing the ball. Um, they've been still in bags. They've been walking. They, I mean, they've been striking out a good amount still, but when they hit the ball, their bad bip, we've talked about this, their bad bip was super high. Um, at, a, at 315 league, league average is normally under 300. Mm-hmm. Um, so we'd really have to dig into their, their, uh, exit velo and all that to see if this is luck or not. Obviously if they're crushing the ball and hitting the ball, like I said, they're slugging 437. So they're hitting the ball hard, um, for extra base hits. So maybe they're just really that good offensively. Xander Bogarts looks great. Uh, Arroyo's division that's all of a sudden winnable too. Yeah, it's well when you're when your offense is fourth in the league and runs scored per game, you don't have to be as perfect on the mound. And I think that takes a lot of pressure off the pitching staff to say we got to go six innings, seven innings, and only give up two runs tops to give us a chance to win. When you're scoring five runs a game that takes a lot of pressure off of your pitching staff. And, and their bullpen hasn't been great. Matt Barnes has been flat out nasty, but Ottavino has not been very good. No. And everything before that's been pretty just okay. They've, they've held their own. But Ottavino hasn't been good. I know they're hoping to pick his contract or uh, move him at the deadline probably, but right now nobody, I don't think anybody's going to want him. Uh, but Matt Barnes has been really good in the closer spot. And their offense is just – I don't know if they can sustain this type of success, but I do think they are a – I don't think they're number two offense in the league by the end of the year. I do think they're in the top ten. Now, can they're pitching? I don't know if their pitching is going to keep doing what they're doing. I don't know if they're going to keep getting great innings out of Nick Pavetta. Uh, Garrett Richards has had a couple good starts, but for the most part has not looked very good. Um, but they tend to score a lot of runs when he pitches, so – I don't know, man. The Red Sox have been a big surprise for me because I, I picked them in battling for third place in this division, and they're still in first. Yeah, you look at just their ERAs with their rotation, it's plenty good enough. Like Nick Pavetta, has his stuff been great? Maybe not, but he has a 2.81 ERA. Right. That's going to be plenty enough. Eduardo Rodriguez, 4.18 ERA. Nathan Eovaldi, 3.63. That's plenty to get it done. Not to mention, Chris Sale is floating – in Hopefully the June. Raptors. Hopefully uh-huh. June. If I, they I would, get 10 to 12 starts out of sale, I think that's going to be a win for this year. And then whatever happens in the postseason, if they get there. But their starting pitchers enough. The pitching is enough. But like I said, if you're scoring five runs a game and your team ERA is, has a three at the front of it, you're going to win a lot of games. Going back to Seattle real quick, UC Kikuchi has looked much better this season. Now his numbers aren't going to be eye-popping. But he shut out Houston through seven innings last start. It's been much, much better. We got Maddie appearance. 
No, she didn't bring her. Jenny, if you're, where's the baby? If you're gonna. Oh, what's more important? You're the well, baby. Well, now that now that you're back in town, I guess you. Yeah, we wanted a Maddie appearance. Sorry. I'm just glad. Hi? I'm just glad your hubby here is still alive after having the kids. He's barely alive. That's all that. Hey, barely is all that matters. Alive, too. All right, I'll go get. I'll go get Maddie. Yes. Hey, going back to my Mariners here. UC Kikuchi has looked much, much better this season. Okay, his numbers aren't going to be eye-popping, but shut out Houston through seven innings in his last start, and his stuff looks better. You look at the stat cast numbers, much, much improved. And Kendall Graveman, shout out to him and that Mariners bullpen. He's all of a sudden throwing like 99 miles per hour. He was a really good starter with Oakland. Then he had arm injuries. Now he's with Seattle as a bullpen arm. It's been much, very, very good. So my biggest surprise, I got to go with my San Francisco Giants. I got to stay with my West Coast bias here. San Francisco Giants are in first place in, I would argue, the most competitive division in baseball. And that's despite Yastrzemski has not really been crushing the ball. They've just been a bunch of Farhan Zaidi, outcasts, um, lightning in a bottle type players, Wilmer Flores, Donovan Solano, uh, Mauricio Dubon, and Buster Posey's crushing the ball. He has six home runs this year, which is more than he had all of 2019. Really nice to see a resurgence from Buster. Posey. It feels like Buster like retired, you know, because he didn't play last year and he's been around forever. So you kind of forgot about him. It felt like he retired and then, oh, he's back and he's banging, banging. And, and talking about that division too, you catch the Rockies on a certain night with John Gray on the mound, they can beat you. And you look at Arizona's offense, who's been, they won eight to ten up uh, up until like two days ago. They won eight of ten. Their offense was killing the ball. They had Bumgarner going out there throwing no 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 nos. Um, yeah, man, like they're sneaky too. They get this whole thing going on in their. You see the post game, like when they win, they do the dance and the. If you hey, if you don't follow Eduardo Escobar on TikTok, Twitter, he's a whole lot of fun. Highly recommend. Well, Tori Lavello is amazing. He was our bench coach in Boston when I That's was there. Right. That's right. And he is just all about good vibes and you haven't being happy and being yourself. And so I think he can get more out of that roster than we thought that team was capable of just because Funny. of the way he runs a team. Funny. I remember saying, don't sleep on the diamondbacks. You, you, okay. You, you said that about every team. You said that about every mediocre team. Just so if you hit on one or two, you look smart. False. I said, it about, <laughs> I said it about the diamondbacks. And the Mariners. Those are my two. And it just so happens that those two teams are very competitive this year. Yeah, you're right. You're yeah. right. And I always give you, I always let you know when you're when you're right. I always do. I always give you credit. You're mean Mercedes, by the way, too. Biggest surprise for me. Yeah. He's still yeah. over, he's still hitting like 393 or something. Ridiculous. Legit. MV, MVP he's like Kansas. fourth. No, he's like fifth. Fifth in OPS, dude. He's still over a thousand OPS. I could go on and on about White Sox. Michael Kopech, sub two ERA, he's two and zero this year. He has thirty strikeouts in eighteen and two. Who called that, Dan? Both of us. Shut up. No. Both of us. No, you agreed with me. Just because you grew up in the same town as him doesn't mean you get dibs. <laughs> that gives me dibs. This is right. your biggest disappointment. Francisco Lindor. He's signed a $341 million just to get more than Tatis. Um, he's hitting 171 with one homer and three RBIs. 
that is uh, going to warrant some booze in Queens. And he's getting them. Does it suck for him? Sure does. But you sign that deal, that comes along with it. With that said, he has been a defensive superstar. We looked at his, his outs above average, 98th percentile, which is – that's what range. What else is in that? You're the, you're my stat guy. What what range and what else? So, outs above average. This is defined by MLB.com. It is a range-based metric of skill that shows how many outs a player has saved. Now, keep in mind, this is new with infielders. Prior to 2020, the outs above average was only used with out, outfielders. Okay. It's since been expanded to infielders as of 2020. So, so we can look more into like UZR, things like that. But um, right. 98th percentile, though. And I'm, I've watched him because I've been trying to watch his at-bats and his games to break down his swing and figure out what the heck is going on. And every game he's making a, a play that saves a run or two here and there. Dive and play. And you see how fired up he gets when he makes a defensive play, and that tells me how good of a teammate he is. Because he's like, look, guys, I'm not seeing the ball right now. I'm scuffling. I, he understands that's part of the game, and he knows he's not performing, and he's, he, he, he knows he's going to pick it up. But he is taking so much pride in his defense right now because it's much more controllable. Your effort level on defense is much more controllable than round bat, round ball. Because he took some much better swings against the Phillies last night. But he was just beat. Or maybe not seeing cutter spin and thinking it was sinker. So it's getting in on him a little bit. He just missed hitting a grand slam which I thought that was going to get him locked in when he came up for that at bat. But if you watch the way he's taking pitches right now, he's not balanced. He's getting out over his front foot. He's, his, he's starting his swing on every pitch. Uh, so that tells me he's in between. That means he feels like he's late on the fastball, so he's trying to cheat to hit that. When you start cheating to hit 95-plus, if a hard slider or split looks like a heater, you're going to chase or you see fastball and you you chase fastball because it's up in the zone or in and you're seeing him get jammed and beat because his timing's off. But um, it's a confidence thing, man. He just needs to start – he needs to get a couple cheap knocks, a couple walks, one big hit here and there, and he's going to start rolling. He, we're going to look up. He's still going to hit 260. I think he's still going to hit 260. He's going to get I, hot. He's going to hit 260. He's probably going to hit upper 20s homers. I don't know if he gets over 30 this year. Slow start can be tough. Yeah. I mean, he's still going to drive in 75, 80 runs. Is it is that enough for $341 million? Not for one season, but this is a long, this is a long contract. Um, he will be the face of that team for a long time. This is one season. It's been one month. Uh, and I, he's a he's one of the faces of baseball, and he's he's gonna pick it up and he's gonna be just fine. Yeah, I think it's very fair to Tell a guy like Francisco Lindor, yes, you've been the biggest disappointment, but also you might have the highest ceiling on that team. Of so, you know, <clears throat> I, I think it's very fair to say a guy that's hitting 171, making $341 million has been disappointing. I don't think that's out of line. So I, I agree with you there. His, uh, one more thing about him is like his interviews about this when he's answering questions, he doesn't seem tense. And like he, you get, I don't, I don't even get from his at bats that he's pressing, mm -hmm. honestly. Um, I just feel like he's just not seeing the ball well. And he's, like I said, he's in between. But even in his interviews, he's like, look, I understand, like, why the fans feel this way. I, I'm frustrated, too. I want results just as much as they do, probably more. Mm -hmm. um, but it, there wasn't, like, that worried look on his face. Or he knows how good he is. 
And so that's it's just a matter of time, man. He'll, he'll be locked back in, and he'll be we'll be talking about how good he's playing over the next month. I guarantee it. Let's stay in New York, and let's stay at the shortstop position, and we'll keep it here with biggest disappointments. That's Glaber Torres for me. Yeah. Entire New York Yankees to me, it looks like they just play uninspired baseball. That's just me. Optics for me, I don't like watching the Yankees. Personal opinion, just me. Glaber Torres in particular. Not wrong. You know, he was criticized for not running out a little squibber to the pitcher, which was deserved. And you look at his stat cast, average exit velocity, he's in the sixth percentile. Hard sixth. hit percentage, hard hit percentage, 26th percentile. It's not great. His whiff percentage, 43%. Outs above average, who, what we were just talking about with Lindor. Lindor was in 98th percentile. How about this for Glaber? Three percentile. He's in the third – so he's not doing it on defense. He's not hitting the ball hard. He has, one, he has zero home runs this year. His on-base percentage is below 300. He's not getting on base. He's still hitting like 240, right, 245? Yeah, if you look at his average, like your standard hitting statistics, they're not atrocious. Right. With Glaber, but you look at his on-base, you look at whether he's hitting the ball hard. He's not. His OBP this season – excuse me – Forgive me, I said under 300. It's 333, which is still lower than he is expected to be. Batting average, 245. Slugging percentage is below 300 at 296. Yeah, it's a lot of singles. A lot of singles. Um, he has 24 hits, five doubles, and that's it. Yeah, the Yankees' offense has been a, a big disappointment, but Judge is picking it up. He's up to 281. Stanton's picking up 271. Stanton's not a high average guy anymore. But Stanton and Judge haven't been the problem at all. No, they've been good. LeMahieu is actually 269, which is – Pretty low for him. Yeah. Um, Aaron As Hicks. One, Aaron Hicks hit one fifty-seven. Not good. Not good. So, luckily, New York's pitching, which has been probably the biggest question mark in, in the AL East coming into this season, has been they've been consistently like top seven, top eight in ERA. Their bullpen has been top three. Kluber was great Sunday. His last, yeah, his last. He got his hundredth career win yesterday. And Tyone looked better too. So he did. Um, yeah. Yeah. So, I mean, I stand by what I've said this entire month. The Yankees are still going to win the division. I, I really like the Red Sox. And I, I, the Red Sox need to be good for that rivalry to be fun. I, both teams need to be good for that rivalry to be fun. And I, and I want to see it come down to the last couple of days of the season. That's good for baseball. It's good for the fans. It's good for. Because a lot of times they, they they I don't know the schedule this year, but a lot the Yankees and Red Sox will be playing within the last week of the season probably. They always did when I was there. Um, so those make for big big games mm-hmm. when when the division's on the line. So I'm excited for it. I think the Yankees are going to be just fine. They're they're just more talented than everybody else. That doesn't as, necessarily mean you're going to get the results as we know, but right on paper as, they're better. As a Man who grew up a Giants fan. I want to thank the Yankees for sending us Mike Hoffman. Wow. He already went deep. How's all that? Already went deep. Just an absolute grinder of a player. Really like him. Love the energy that he brings. So thank you, New York, for sending us Mike Hoffman for one of our relievers. Appreciate that. Wandy, right? Wandy? Wandy. Appreciate that. Who is your way too early MVP here in 2021, Brooksy? Mike Trout. Mike Trout, and I'm only – the only – time out. The only reason I'm going to say Mike Trout is because I know you're going to say Otani. What? 
you gotta why you gotta steal my thunder like that <laughs> <laughs> because i know you and you are on otani's uh on the otani train i'll just say yeah. that <laughs> i know what you're going for yeah i was trying to tie in chihuahua and i couldn't <laughs> okay yes mike trout's been fantastic of course but otani has eight dingers at second in Major League Baseball. And he's also leading the American League in strikeouts per nine. Like, this is – like, we're in 2021. And we have a guy leading in strikeout per nine, and he also has eight dingers. And it's amazing. No, no, it's amazing. I, I love Otani, too. Don't get me wrong. I do. But I also think Mike Trout's going to hit 400 this year. So, I don't care how many wins, how many strikeouts Otani has. If somebody hits 400, they're going to win MVP. So, nope. now you don't think he can hit 400? Nope. The more I thought about it, no, no, it's not that I don't think he can do it. I'm, he can hit 400, sure. I'm just so if he hits 400 with 40 homers, he's not the MVP. You'd rather give it to Otani because yep. he has less at bats and he strikes people out and throws 100. I get, Otani, two, I get the two. I get the two way. I understand the two way thing and how rare it is. Guys haven't done since Babe Ruth. Blah blah blah. I understand that. Do you know how hard it is to hit in Major League Baseball nowadays? Umpires can't even call strikes and balls right because it's, the pitching is so good. They don't even have to hit it. They just have to look at it, and they screw it up. This guy's if, – if he hits 400, he's an MVP. I don't care what Otani does. Are you done? Can I go? <sighs> yes. If Otani makes 20 starts this year, he's got a sub-3 ERA. He's got – however many strikeouts he could accumulate over that time. And then he also hit 300 and he also adds 30 bombs to his name. You're not giving Otani the MVP. No, you know what, you know, what's really going to suck is when they both, when he is 400 and Otani does what you did and they're playing golf in October, (laughs) that will be absurd. That's, but yes, you know what? I hope we have, I hope we have that issue. I hope that MVP voters, I hope the, the writers, have that issue where they have to decide between those two guys because that is going to make for a fun summer. It is sad that the two probably leading candidates in MVP are on the same team, yet they're at 500 again. Yeah, but, man, there's so much baseball left. Like, we have no idea what's – I know. You could have told me – all right, on on April 1st, if you would have said, hey, on May 3rd, these people are going to be – the Royals are going to be in first place. Yeah. The NL East, no one is going to have a winning record. Um, the Giants have a better record than the Dodgers. The Mariners are relevant. What? I mean, I could have told you all this, but nobody listens Shut to me. Up. By the way, back with MVP. So, Major League Baseball, MLB.com, they asked the reporters who their MVP – candidates are so far this season it went mike trout jd martinez of the red sox shohei otani third byron buxton fourth your mean mercedes yeah little throw in there dude he's been so fun in his story too like he was playing like random was it mexican league baseball indie ball he's playing indie ball he's playing indie ball in mexico I know he's in a Mexican league at some point. Like this guy, I mean, he's not young either. He's like 28, 29 years old uh, when he first got to the big leagues. So he got one at bat last year and then he went on, what, eight for his first eight, something like that? 
Yeah, so he spent the 2014 season with the Douglas Diablos. 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 Then he went over to the White Sands Pupfish. The Pupfish. And then he finished with the United League with the San Angelo Colts. The Pupfish is a dandy of a name, though. Pupfish. I'm, I kind of want to find one of those hats. A Pupfish. Yeah. Give what me does one. that look like? Give me one while you're at it. Hopefully it's a Chihuahua-looking fish that I can't find this. Never mind. Okay. I'm hey, never let, letting that go. Let, let's talk uh, betting on our next episode, all right? Next time all right. I like money. You want to make some people. Hey, you're giving away free money if you're not. Bro, hey, I will say this. Baseball betting is so hard, man, because you can pick all the right stuff and then something weird just happens. Or you go to extras and that runner on second base that uh the extra inning rule is the under killer. All right. Cause you get to the extra innings and all of a sudden each team scores four more runs. It's like, damn it. It doesn't hurt the the ERA of the of the pitcher, but Jesus, it kills the under. So that makes it tough to to bet the under. Because a lot of unders you bet get to the seventh, eighth, ninth inning, and it's like two to two. Three to two. So good chance of under games going extras. And then it's happened like three times. But until then, stay safe, stay party people. We'll have Brixie's best bet on the next Wake and Rake episode. Adios.